Everybody has a type, and so do the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to run down the offensive players that fit this team today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. This is Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, everywhere for free. Check that out. Make another Locked On show your next listen, whether it's Locked On Scouting, the new one with the draft dudes, all of our draft coverage from all of our channels and all of our teams. Make sure you get in on it. There's a lot to cover today. I'm flying solo with Chris out this week, and I want to go over fits. This is what it comes down to really being the guys that make sense, not necessarily where or when, because we're going to spread it out all the way around, to tell you the truth, because I want to cover options. That's really, I think, the biggest thing here is the Chiefs are going to stack their board as we go through in different areas to get different things done. And that's really all that they really care about. So we're going to get that done. We appreciate you checking us out. Like, sub, and hit the bell on YouTube. And remember that you can get subbed there and you can hear it first to drop on YouTube as well as the audio platforms because that's where it goes first. We appreciate your support. I'm excited about this because now... I just get to go through my guys. Before we get to that, though, I do have an announcement. I want to make sure that I get this out to you right now. There is a code on the screen right now. If you are listening on audio, go check out. It is Matrix LOC. Right now, the pre-order for the 2023 draft guide from Rogue Analytics as well as NFL 33, all of my work and my team's work is available for preload right now. And Matrix LOC is the code that gets you a nice discount on it. So don't forget that. It will drop here within about a week. Not sure the exact release date yet. We're working hard on it, but I wanted to get it out as pre-order so you guys can take advantage of a great deal. That's Matrix L-O-C. Check that out at RogueAPC.com. Now, for me today, uh, it's about fits. It's about guys that you can see at different levels that can do what they need to do. We're going to go through the offensive side today. We'll be back later in the week to go through the defensive side because you know what? Let's do it a different way. Let's just do the top positions. We'll go through and we'll do it that way. Uh, what are the top positions? They are edge. They are offensive tackle. And there are some wide receivers. So let's get into it that way. We'll start on the defensive side then with edges. I like that concept because these are things that if the opportunity is available to get, you want to go out and make sure that you're adding to the roster in a way that helps you get back to a playoff run in the Super Bowl in 2024 one more time with this addition. Chiefs have had a couple of good runs with draft classes lately, and they've had a lot of contributions. So we want to make sure that we're thinking outside the box and we're getting them guys that can fit, that aren't necessarily the top, although we will talk about some of the top prospects. But fit is more important to us today in the list that we're going over. And so we're going to start right now. The guy that I think really defines on the defensive side what Spags wants is one Texas Tech player in Tyree Wilson. Long, long, long. Those are the three words that best describe him. Is he a little bit stiff cornering? Yes, that you could easily say that. That's definitely true. Is he a guy that probably needs a little bit more refinement in his hand technique? Absolutely. But he's got the acceleration, particularly once he gets to that third step. I think his his get-off would be great. He's got some decent bend, but it's that third step that really turns on the acceleration for him. 
And that's what Spags wants. Somebody that's strong enough to set the edge, that's long enough to attack the outside shoulder of the tackles and speedy enough to turn the corner and attack the quarterback when they get there. And that's something that Wilson has shown that he can do. Had some really nice plays this last season, his big season, uh, where he produced 50 pressures on the year. And uh, uh, K-State in particular was a game that he actually had a really nice play looping in from the left-hand side and getting that long limb out there to cause a fumble. He's pretty good at, at instinctual play there. It's about getting in position. He's at the top of the draft and likely well outside the Chiefs' range. It would take a very big trade-up in order to get that done, but it is a possibility, and he is the prototype in this draft for what Steve Spagnuolo wants in the defensive end. The second player that fits that, not quite as long, not quite as tall, but it is Miles Murphy, a guy that has a good very, very good first step, but doesn't always use it. He flashes it more than it is a steady companion to his game. And sometimes that's something that you want to just kind of worry a little bit about. That's okay. Right now, as I record this, he has not had his pro day. He is going to test and get us a little bit more data on him. I think that will set some temperatures at ease. It may take a little bit because we've seen him start as high as a, a top 10 pick here when the, the fall season was going on, and he's steadily fallen through the ranks to this point. Now, I don't think that he becomes a out-of-the-top 50 guy, but he could slide into the second round or, in particular, be available for the Kansas City Chiefs at 31. So if they are uh, in a position where they have maybe a, a 30 grade on him, a first-round grade, and maybe the tackles uh, are not within their reach, Maybe that's a decision that they make. He is a guy that fits the bill in terms of play strength and length that can get things done for Steve Spagnuolo. I like both these guys as options for uh, day one-ish to fit into the system, work with Joe Cullen, and really make some improvement. Now, Joe Cullen's going to be a factor for these next couple of guys because Isaiah Foskey is the next guy down the line that is a fit. It's the length. It's the power play. He plays with power. I think he has a little bit more bent to him than he was able to show at Notre Dame because of the various assignments that he had. But he's also a guy that plays solid. He has the best finishing percentage in this class, meaning when he is able to, to break loose and produce a pressure, he has the best percentage of finishing that, actually getting to the quarterback, and that's a significant role. This is, again, a guy that can play in that base end position for Steve Spagnuolo and do what he's looking to do. He will be a day two draft pick. So no rush there at pick 31, but he will be available in day two, and they may find that that's the way they want to go because of this fit for him. The next guy down is going to be Fringe. Could he make it in the top 100? It's possible. I don't know that it's necessarily guaranteed, though, because Zach Harrison doesn't have the flexibility to really round the corner very well. He doesn't have the bend. He is a much more linear athlete, like the, the which uh, we have seen uh, and we're concerned about uh, when drafting earlier, uh, the Kandos of the world. Uh, even George Karloftis, who on film has a little bit more bend and flexibility than Zach Harrison does, comes from the same ilk. They are the same type of player, power first, length first, worry about bending around the edge much later. He is a guy that should go right there on the fringe of 100, could fall into day four depending uh, on how the interviews go, and he's definitely a Spags type guy. And that is really, I think, the, the number one group that I think we want to remember as we go through this for the defensive end position. Now, there are other positions that they're going to need, and it's going to come right around because this offseason has been a lot of talk about it. They're all hungry guys, and if I was going to try to feed them, 
I would do it right now during March Madness because the bracket is still here. You can still vote as of right this minute. And you can go pick your favorite bar or puff and get in on the action. Support your bar buff and make them your friend. And when you vote, you'll be entered for a drawing for uh, 50 lucky people that are on Locked On listeners that are going to win a free box of built bars. It's a 12-month subscription. You end up uh, getting those bars or puffs delivered monthly right to your door. I think you guys will love that. You got to try built because they are the best bar out there. They taste great. They're great protein. They're serious macros for you. And I think that's what we're all looking for right now. So what makes them so good? It's because of all that protein. They're low in sugar. There's 100% real chocolate in there. And that's what gets the job done. So visit builtmarchmadness.com right now and vote for your favorite bar. As we turn the page here, and we're going through the top positions. In a minute, we'll talk about some of the skill guys in the last segment. But right now, I want to get back to the biggins and the guys on the offensive side that are really the classic fit. Not necessarily where the, where the Chiefs are able to acquire them, although a lot of them are going to be. But do they fit what the Chiefs are looking for? And the offensive tackle position, that comes down to a couple of things. Are you fleet afoot? Can you move? I think what the Jawan Taylor signing has really proven is that the Orlando Brown experiment was an experiment. And they want to return to the days where they want athleticism more than they want size. This goes back to the, the days of Eric Fisher, not that it was this particular group, but they want to get more athletic, um, whether it's the zone run, whether it's just protecting Patrick and having uh, that ability to move your body. I think that's coming back to this team. And I think the, the departure uh, over Orlando Brown is part of that. But the signing of Taylor confirms that for me. The other thing that it is, is length. Just straightforward. A lot of people in the draft evaluations forget that there are thresholds in this league. The Chiefs are one of them that like longer tackles. And so when we look at the group that is both athletic and has 34-plus inch arms, that has the, the quote-unquote long tackle look, they have the punch ability out away from their body that can win. This is the group that I think is really intriguing for us because we want to look first and foremost at Paris Johnson, who is number one uh, left tackle, true left tackle on most people's boards. I actually have him slightly below a guy we're going to talk about in a minute. But any of these players right now, the mock draft projections are putting them in the top 15. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's where the league is going to put them because they all have a little bit of things that they can work out. There isn't just a slam dunk top tackle as number one pick here. We know the quarterbacks are going to go. We think some of the uh, defensive players are going to go earlier than that. So the tackles could fall a little bit. Uh, not that Paris Johnson, I think, is going to be one of them, but he certainly fits the bill with the length and the athleticism that you want. Is he a little underpowered? Yes but he would be a fit for the Kansas City Chiefs in their style, allowing Juwan Taylor to stay on the right-hand side. That's a little bit longer shot than my number two player because he is really, I think, the better upside and the guy that has the tools that I want uh, to see the Kansas City Chiefs adapt because I think he can play in this system really well, and that is Broderick Jones from Georgia. We're going to get into a theme here with the Georgia thing as well as another school because uh, there are very successful programs right now that have dual tackles that fit the bill. Now, as Paris Johnson uh, has his counterpart, Dewan Jones, Dewan is more the, the Orlando thing with uh, the feet are not what you want, but the size certainly is. They do that on the right-hand side. At Georgia, both their guys are long and agile, and that helps. 
Broderick Jones is my top tackle right now on this board. And he is a guy that has the possibility to fall within range of the Chiefs. It would probably look like a McDuffie-style trade-up in order to secure Broderick Jones. But he is a guy that has all the tools. He has the nasty. He has the length and the athleticism. Very good player that I would like to see in Kansas City. We just don't know how it's going to unfold. But that crosses off the boxes. Those are the top two guys. Those are the round one possibilities, with the exception of one that I think uh, we're not going to get a, an image of him here because uh, Darnell Wright seems to be camera shy uh, in some of the, the places that I've been looking. But Darnell Wright is a hybrid. He has the size of the bigger body guys, but his feet are very good. And while he's not as athletic as Paris Johnson and Broder Jones, he is very athletic. So he still fits that bill. And his length is right up there uh, amongst the group as well. So you can, you can see that carry over. When they get past that, when they get into late day two in the third round, possibly falling into the fourth round is where you get, I think, the most value. If the Chiefs do decide to go, say, wide receiver, edge, get something else done, they want to come back to a developmental tackle, that's where Warren McClendon comes in at the top of my list. Underrated in this particular draft cycle, but is the book end to Broderick Jones. Has the length does have the athleticism, not quite as good as Paris uh, as well as Broderick, but he has it. And I think this is a guy that allows Jawan Taylor to go play left and he becomes your right tackle with all the upside and the athleticism that you're looking for. Lucas Niang then becomes a swing, and I think that's a scenario the Kansas City Chiefs can live with. The question will be just what is the order? What is the priority? Because there are other guys down here. I do think that Anton Harrison here, from Oklahoma is a guy that's going to be right there on the fringe of 31 as well. I, I put him here because I wanted to do these guys in pairs because Oklahoma is another school that has a pair of tackles that fit this bill, that are fits for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Anton is, is a natural left. I think he can stay there. That would allow Juwan Taylor to stay at right. This is also a scenario, one that's been mocked quite a bit. Is he quite as athletic? As as the other guys, no. Uh, he and, and Darnell Wright are certainly a step down from Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones, but he fits the bill. He's a little bit ahead of where Warren McClendon is, but he's not alone because at Oklahoma, they have another tackle in Wanya Morris, who is, like McClendon, the other tackle in that offense, playing uh, a, a number of positions. He has a little bit more versatility in that uh, he has played left as well, but he played right this last season opposite of Anton. And he also has the athleticism and the length to get things done. He's, he needs to work on a little bit on strength, much like Eric Fisher did when he came into the league. But that is the, the bookmark here. And the guys that I think are flying a little bit under the radar because their counterparts on the opposite side of the line are getting a lot of pub. So that leaves the Chiefs with an opportunity here to come back on day three. And I do think uh, Wanya Moore should be a fourth, fifth round pick somewhere around there. Um, we'll see what the final grades come out in the draft guide. We are working away on that. So make sure that you go to rogueapc.com or hit the link that will be in the description here so you can get that draft guide pre-ordered. But this tackle also, Wanya Morris from Oklahoma, is another guy that fits the bill, has the length to do what they want him to do, and again, would allow Juwan Taylor to go over to the left-hand side, although he's got a little experience as well. And I think that is really what defines what they're trying to do. The last guy that I want to bring up at the tackle spot is Carter Warren from Pitt. And 
much more developmental. I think he's going to be somewhere around the fifth, sixth, maybe even a touch later because he does have some holes in his game, but he has good movement skills, not as athletic as, say, um, Anton or uh, Warren McClendon, but good movement skills. He has the length. You can see the C on his chest here if you're watching on YouTube because Chiefs do like captains. That is another thing that they want leadership from the tackle spot. Paris, Broderick, also captains in this group. Darnell, a couple of ex-guys uh, that have been at Tennessee as well in Wanya. So you have that kind of ability to see leadership from the tackle spot that has to be your pillar. Your pillar to protect Patrick Mahomes, and that's what it all comes down to. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Now, this is the tackle group that fits the Kansas City Chiefs and what they like to do. There are also some skill players, and I want to get into those. We'll do that right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the fun part because you can see variation in what the Chiefs do at their skill positions. The running backs, the tight ends in particular, I like in this draft class. Everyone talks about the tight ends because it's a, it's a deep class, and they're absolutely right. That goes a long way towards allowing the Chiefs to maybe pick someone up. Yes, they have four tight ends on the roster, but it is still a possibility that we can't just rule out because they already have guys. There are three in particular that fit the athleticism profile and the route running ability to varying degrees that I think the Chiefs could be interested without having to spend a, a top 50 pick on them. And they are Luke Musgrave, Luke Schoonemaker, and Davis Allen. Those three players from Oregon State, Michigan, and Clemson respectively are all guys that have the athleticism grades to move the ball uh, on par with where Travis Kelsey was coming out uh, with Jody Fortson and have the experience. There are pluses and minuses. Uh, Musgrave and Allen are, are good athletes. Uh, Schoonmaker and Musgrave are the best uh, athletes here. That helps quite a bit. A little bit less in terms of target share. Allen, I think, is the best route runner in this group and gives you all a little bit of flavor behind right now what is Jody Fortson, Noah Gray, and Blake Bell to be maybe a guy of the future. Uh, Blake Bell is obviously uh, the elder statesman here. Uh, on par with Travis Kelsey. We'll see how long uh, this career goes on. Jody Fortson is now pushing 27, 28 years old. And obviously Noah Gray is, is more in the H-back role, uh, can line up in line. If you want a little bit more pass-catching oriented guy down the field, I think all three of these players actually fit the bill that could be day three picks and give you some value there. Musgrave, the injury is probably the thing riding on where his value is. Could be a day two pick, uh, second round even. Um, but we'll see where he actually lands. I hear things up and down about him as well. And that brings us to the running back group. And we all know uh, that the running back is, is a, a devalued position in the NFL. I certainly wouldn't pick one again after the Clyde edwards lair situation in the first round. I just won't do it. I don't think the Chiefs will either. I think uh, they've been bitten a little bit. And they want to look for prospects that are more value. That's why they got Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round. Now you want to get a compliment to him. Is, is Clyde still here? Yes. Can he be that two, that one B? Yes, I think he still can. And I do think Jarek McKinnon has a, an opportunity to be back on this roster. But you can never hurt yourself trying to add talent. And a couple of guys that stand out to me that aren't my exactly favorites, although one of them is very close, but it's more about the fact that they fit what the Chiefs look for. Uh, one is Jameer Gibbs, pass catcher extraordinaire, uh, the most targeted uh, player on Alabama's roster last year. 
very much reminiscent of what we've seen from Jamar Charles over the over the years. Uh, I don't want to put that on him because I don't know if he can live up to it in the league, but he reminds me of Jamal. Uh, Jameer Gibbs will go in the first round. I, I am fairly certain someone will do that. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs will have an opportunity there, but you want to see him be successful. I certainly do. When it comes down to uh, explosiveness, cutability, uh, being able to, to really get quicks, uh, I think Tanks Bigsby is an interesting player. Uh, he does fit that part of the role. He has the burst and the movement and space to really, really make something happen as a, as a 2B to Pacheco. I do like that. Um, I, I don't think he's the pass-catching aspect here. And so here's two ways that the Chiefs can go. Do you want the running ability or do you want the pass-catching ability? Because later on in the draft, uh, at the top of, of day three, is going to be Kenny McIntosh, who isn't the explosive super speed demon, uh, you know, really track type guy. But he's a great pass catcher out of the backfield, can do a little bit of everything for you. And again, can go line up as a wide receiver and be very comfortable. He runs great routes. He has the hands to do it, and he can get in the backfield. I think he's really, really intriguing and a guy that I think should be on their radar and likely is, just not sure where the value is for them because I think the last two guys that fit are a little bit farther down yet. Evan Hull from Northwestern is another pass-catching back with good speed. He can do a little bit of everything, yet a little bit smaller than the guys we've talked about to this point. But I think he's going to be somewhere between the fifth and seventh rounds. And that's good value for a guy that can fit a role that isn't the lead on this Chiefs roster. And then you get to everybody's favorite. And if you live in the state of Kansas, anywhere around it, and even in Missouri, you know Deuce Vaughn. I don't know that Deuce is going to get drafted. If he does, I think it will be very late in the seventh round. There's a very good chance that he goes UDFA. I would love to see his Sproles-type game come to Kansas City. I do think Jarek McKinnon is still going to be back, and I still think they can take both of them. And I do like his energy. He catches the ball well as well. He has great vision. And that's the thing is if you can make somebody miss, even if you are that small, you can play a role in Andy's uh, offense. Darren Sproles proves that. It's just about the longevity and where you make the investment. So I do think that he's either a UDFA or a very late seventh-round pick that could fit right into the Chiefs' plans, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Love seeing the in-state aspect as well. Just stay home. I personally would love to see this happen, but we'll see if Brett Veach and Andy Reid feel like that as well. So those are the, the top-tier standouts for me. We'll come back. We'll get some other positions later in the week. Matt, Derek's going to be with me tomorrow. Chris is on vacation, so I'm flying solo here for a little bit. I hope you guys are having a great day. Remember, we are five days a week. Check out another Lockdown show for your next listen. Check out the Scouting show. I think you're going to dig that one this time of year. And please, go check out the uh, RogueAPC.com for not only the Athletic Matrix, but the pre-order on the draft guide. My other work is at NFL33.com as well as RGR Football. So thanks for your time today. I'll be back with you tomorrow, and I'll talk to you then.